Welcome back to the nationally syndicated Price of Business Show. I'm your host, Kevin Price, talking to you about you and your business. Any long-term listener of the show knows I've been doing an ongoing series with the Washington Post. I love this series for a lot of reasons, mainly because there's very few publications that have the depth and breadth of coverage that the uh, Post has. And so we get to go deep in an unusual way compared to a lot of the media out there. Um, Today, we're going to be talking to a business reporter there from the Post, and uh, I've been looking forward to this conversation with Aaron Gregg. Aaron, welcome to the program. Tell us a little bit about your beat. I know you're a business reporter, but kind of tell us all what you cover there, and by the way, the website is WashingtonPost.com. You, you really should be reading it if you're if you're not. Yeah, thanks for having me, Kevin. Uh, my beat at the Post covers a little bit of everything in the business uh, sphere, and um, what we're talking about today is this 10.6 billion dollar merger uh, between CVS and Oak Street Health. They're basically making a a huge play to become a, a leading primary care provider. Um, it, it's become a pretty crowded space, but we're seeing a lot of consolidation in the healthcare sector, and that's kind of what the story is about. Yeah, absolutely. That's a very interesting story, uh, to be sure. And, and that's kind of a, you know, I, I guess the logic behind uh, places like CVS is that, like everything else, convenience is a big factor. And for a lot of things, healthcare wise, um, you know, going to the doctor, the, the, the traditional approach to going to a doctor is like this takes a lot of time. A lot of people find them intimidating going into a traditional doctor's office. And so directly doing uh, this activity at a CVS can make sense. But is that exactly what we're talking about? We've seen these clinics before. Are they just buying these clinics and they're going to uh, continue to stay as they have? So I think what we're seeing is that um, – Basically, there are a number of large health organizations that are vying to provide sort of an all-encompassing healthcare solution. So you see CVS, um, a few years ago, they bought Aetna, the insurance company, and this is kind of the other end of that transaction. They want to be able to, um, you know, treat a person through doctors that they employ. They want to be able to sell them whichever over-the-counter drugs are a part of that, and they want to insure all of that. So they really, you kind of see them buying up every corner of the healthcare industry. Uh, And there are others doing the same thing. You have Walgreens doing the same thing uh, in terms of pairing the drugstores with the treatment centers. Uh, You see Amazon doing this with their one medical acquisition. And you basically just have a couple of behemoths just vying to see who is going to become the the all-encompassing healthcare provider for this country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, uh, are are these in a, a specific geographical location? These clinics, they really are are making a play to be everywhere. So CVS's big play is Medicare Advantage. So that is a basically a government program that serves uh, primarily middle and lower income older folks. Um, it, it's a a program that pays a monthly fee to the provider to basically keep the, the patient healthy, and um, they're responsible for costs like hospital uh, hospital uh, visits and things like that. Um, but as as far as the locations, I mean, it's kind of like a CVS pharmacy. You see them in every city on the on the uh, on basically in the country. Um, Oak Street Health currently has about 169 urgent care centers, 
which isn't that much compared to the size of the country, but they want to double that to uh, more than 300 by 2026. So you really see this as um, a play by CVS to make their urgent care centers as ubiquitous as their drugstores. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they got a long way to go, though, don't they? Uh, they sure do. What did you say? Yeah, we're talking about basically three per state, and of course, probably several states don't have any. Uh, you know, and so that they got a way to go. But it sounds like True. this could be the spark plug to make it happen. True. So um, you know, they put ten point six billion dollars behind it, and it's important to remember they're not just getting the clinics; they're also getting a technology platform that people use to book appointments and manage all of their uh, prescriptions, et cetera. Um, And they're getting a business model and they're getting a a number of contracts that plug into uh, Medicare Part D. So um, basically you see CVS buying up every end of of the healthcare spectrum here. Yeah, this is not really that unusual. This is, you know, in fact, uh, uh, this is very similar to what uh, Rockefeller did when he uh, created Standard Oil, right? Every single aspect of the production of the oil from the ground into the shelves of the, of the store, including the number of drops of solder that went on the top of a can, uh, you know, he, he controlled every single aspect. And, you know, and fundamentally with competition, this can be very pro-consumer in this, in this case. Yeah, I think you've made a, a good comparison there. I think that, um, you know, vertical integration has been, um, you know, a tenet of American business for a very long time. Um, but the healthcare industry, for a lot of reasons, has sort of divided itself into these payers and providers. You have doctors and organizations of doctors that treat patients, and then you have insurance companies who basically manage health risk. Um So what CVS is doing and what a number of other companies are doing as well is combining the two. So what it means is that they're financially responsible for health outcomes. Yeah, yeah, very, very interesting. So as far as when you go to these clinics, and again, you've got a schedule like anywhere else, although they may have some uh, walking capacity, but talk a little bit about the type of doctors who are in these clinics. I know, for example, the early attempts by drugstores to create clinics on location were almost entirely by nurse practitioners and physician assistants. What are the, what are the people like in, in these environments, and is that going to change in order to uh, drive costs down, keep costs down? That's a very good question. I think that um, what you would see in a typical clinic is probably nurses and nurse practitioners doing most of the work, um, and that's that's the case in almost any you know doctor's office or hospital you go to these days. Um, but you know they do employ doctors as well and all sorts of specialists. I think that the key difference between what CVS is doing and the doctor's offices that we're all familiar with is that they don't charge per visit the way that you would at a lot of urgent care centers. Uh, The way Medicare works is that they pay a monthly fee per patient, and that's how CVS makes its money. And then their job is to basically keep you healthy. So the good side of that is that, you know, theoretically, um, you know, if they can keep you out of the hospital, that's good for everyone because the yeah. patient doesn't have to go to the hospital, doesn't have to, you know, potentially uh, near-death experience that 
usually sends people to the hospital, um, and the and CVS doesn't have to pay for it. Um, so that's the idea behind it. The potential downside that a lot of people are concerned about is that they might put off uh, treatments that people actually need, like elective surgeries. Um, if there's something that they can avoid paying for uh, that the patient may or may not need, if it's at the margin of whether they need it, then they might be incentivized not to pay for it, and that could have implications for the patient's health. Yeah, and that pretty much summarizes the problem with healthcare in America, doesn't it? I mean, that's an ongoing problem across the board where uh, people are terrified that, uh, oh, I have something wrong. What if it's really wrong? You know, and, and you've got these high deductibles, you've got maximum amount of pockets that are often, often more than what people have in their pockets. Um, that pretty much summarizes the, uh, the gist of the problem. It sure does. I think that um, this is one approach to solving a vexing problem uh, in America. And so we'll have to see how CVS goes about it. I think there are definitely some concerns about the customer service side of things. Uh, people who go to CVS Pharmacy um, know that there can be certain delays. Often they don't have pharmacists on staff. So the idea that that customer service model is um, being applied to primary care is a little concerning for some people. Um, but, you know, we'll see what they come up with. They've bought a primary care provider that does have a pretty good reputation for its uh, health care services. So we'll see where they take it. So you've mentioned frequently the uh, uh, Medicare uh, aspect. Uh, is that, are they the only ones you're going to be treating in this, in this model? So uh, the, the patient population for Oak Street, the company that's being mm -hmm. acquired, is mostly Medicare. Um, that's just mm -hmm. what they specialize in, is older folks uh, who get their health care through Medicare. Um, I don't think it's only that. Uh, there are a lot of different, I mean, it's a, it's a pretty large company, so you're going to see some diversity in the patient. But, yeah, that's their specialty uh, that they're targeting right now is this Medicare-funded population. Interesting, interesting. So when you look at the pieces they've put together, you talk about how it's wall-to-wall, uh, bumper-to-bumper, whatever analogy you want to use, um, you know, and, and the, of course, Rockefeller uh, perspective we talked about. Is there any missing pieces in the way CBS is doing, so, doing this? And if so where would they not be look, might be looking next? That's a great question. The healthcare system is vast and complicated, and it has a lot of disparate parts to it. So I'm sure that they can find a lot of niche acquisitions in this space if they want to keep going. Yeah, that's it. But you're not sure where. They've got a lot of opportunity, but they, you're not sure where that might be yet. It's a good question. I know that they've been looking for this primary care provider for a long time. There's a number of fits and starts in terms of actually buying one. So this was their white whale uh, for the last couple of years. So I imagine they're they're a bit spent from that. But um, as for where they would look next, uh, I'm honestly unsure. I, I know that the Medicare population is uh, expanding. It's a it's a, a segment of the population that a lot of these healthcare companies are very interested in because of the aging population. Um, so you you very well could see them continue to build out that sector. Basically, they would become you know, the provider of choice for people who are on Medicare. Um, 
And, you know, you can imagine all sorts of uh, businesses that would plug into that, uh, whether they could be more urgent care centers, uh, health tech companies that are designed to make things easier and lower cost. Um, I, I think that their basic asset is the drugstores, which, you know, that is one of our go-to uh, places for low-cost medical care for anyone. Before you go to the doctor, you might go buy something over the counter at CVS. So they've already got a lot of what they need. I think it's just a matter of fitting all the pieces together and executing. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Eric Gregg's been my guest today. He is with the Washington Post. Very good story. Thanks so much for sharing it with us. I am Kevin Price. This is the nationally syndicated Price of Business. We're for you after this.